Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Grieving Girl Podcast. It's me, Bonnie, your host. Mm. This is my friend, Danielle. Hello. Danielle. Yes. We went to college together. Good old Montclair State University. Shout out to the Red Hawks. Red Hawks. Wow. Diner. I don't think it's there anymore. The Buff Chick The Diner? Yeah, no. Oh, that's a shame. Mm-hmm. So as you can tell, we got our education at the Red Hawk Diner. Yeah. Um, cheese fries, buffalo chicken wraps, and we were sorority sisters and mm-hmm. soul sisters. Mm-hmm. Um, and Danielle wanted to be on the podcast for our season one, yeah. All Things Grief. Um, so, Danielle, would you like to tell us on how you relate to grief? Sure. Uh, right. Huh? I said, all right. Okay. Um, well, I guess. I'm grieving somebody who is physically still here. Yeah. And that's wild. Yeah. Um, who's the somebody? My dad. Okay. And um, did you know your dad growing up? Yes. Um, I guess I could start off by saying that he was a good provider. I mm-hmm. don't want to take that piece away from him because he definitely did provide for my brother and I. Uh, if we wanted something, any extracurricular activities, he was there financially, uh, not really so much emotionally. And I think just growing up, we had this difficult relationship and it just got worse as we got older. And now we're at a point where we're distant. And I know I have this question listed Mm -hmm. at the bottom, but now since we're like starting from the beginning, so you grew up with your dad, Mm -hmm. he was the provider, definitely Mm -hmm. like a pretty traditional, like Italian, Italian yeah, like Staten Island upbringing. If you can't tell from the accent, we're from Staten Island. We're from Brooklyn, but we grew up in Staten Island. Were you born in Brooklyn? I was. <laughs> had no idea. It's a great soul sister. Wow. Brooklyn, That's okay. Huh? I learned today you were born in Philly, so we're good. I was. Yeah. Jefferson University Hospital. Yeah. Wow. It was Lutheran Medical Center in Brooklyn. Wow. Look at us. Learn is, still learning new things <laughs> after how many years of friendship? When did you start mm, school? 09? 09. So what are we in? 23? All right. So mm. we still got some time to go. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Like, I was thinking 10 years. No, Has more it been than 10 that. years? Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Okay, that's 2019, Bond. Again, shout out to Montclair State <laughs> University <laughs> for the stellar education. Great. Okay. I think we're like 13, 14. Maybe, uh, maybe 15. Have I been out of college for 15 years? Yeah. Yeah, 11. I graduated in 2013. I graduated college 10, 10 years ago. I'm old. Nailing it. <laughs> yeah. Still feeling like a college girl in my soul. Anyway. Anyways. She was born in Brooklyn. Yeah. They're Italian. Very Italian. They grew up at Staten Island. Yeah. Ralph's Italian Isis. Yeah, good job. Rice balls. Yes. Yeah. And what's that highway? What's the big highway that like runs through Staten Island? Mm. Isn't there like a Vietnam something? Oh, Veterans War Expressway. See? Look at me. Impressed. Um, you did York. live there for a little bit. I had a license, New York license. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, so growing up, your dad was pretty present. Very mm. present, moderately present. Moderately present. present. Okay. He was your typical worked all day, came home, mom had dinner ready eat dinner as a family and then went to bed and, and kind of repeat. Okay. So when do you feel like there was a switch where he came from being like, maybe like not the most relatable, mm. you know, like father daughter relationship. Yeah. I feel like, cause that could be a thing for many people of like, yeah, yeah. Like I just don't think my dad ever like really got me as a female. Right. When did it go from like maybe that to like nothing? I, I mean, I think a lot of different things played into it. I think, I don't know. I feel like I didn't ask all the questions when my grandparents, when my grandmother was around about how his upbringing was. But from what I understand, 
not that his dad had the same types of tendencies as him, but there was a little bit of similarity to it. Whereas like my grandmother uh, wasn't allowed to drive a car or like had to ask permission to do different things. So I think he picked up on a lot of those traits, mm. which we just related back to my whole life of being like strict Italian. Like that's what you do, right? The women don't drive. They just stay home. They cook. So for a while it, it seemed normal. And then I think nine eleven happened. He was in the twin towers. He, you know, thankfully made it out of the building. And then I think that's when I noticed the switch happen. Mm. My headphones are sliding off my face. Sorry. Okay. There we go. Um, like fix them. Yeah. You want to fix them? No, it's okay. Okay. Is my hair sticking out? It's fine. Um, I think that's when I noticed the switch really happen uh, in him. And then I think it was when I was old enough to speak for myself. I think I learned that it was a female issue. He had an issue with women who were confident and, and didn't listen. Well, not listen, but they like didn't take shit from people. Mm. Can you curse on this podcast? We're cursing. <laughs> we're sad. Like, we're cursing. Okay. Uh, I didn't take shit, right? So as soon as I learned to stand up for myself, back my mom up in situations, I immediately saw the switch in him where he mm. didn't see me no longer as his daughter, but he saw me as just another female that he was going to essentially boss around. Mm. That's interesting. Yeah, which was pretty, I would say it's like preteen years. Like I remember maybe like 13, 14 and being like, yeah, I don't think this is how it's supposed to be. Interesting. Yeah. Do you think that him like kind of piecing out, was that like more world trade center trauma induced where like he had almost like, I don't know, like I can't, I can't say that it is. Cause like kind of just knowing, I don't, you know what? I don't think so because now, I mean, if I think not, you know, to air out all my mom's drama but i think i think i was in second grade and my parents separated for a little bit so okay. i think those issues were there prior to 9-11 i think 9-11 heightened them sure i think it gave him a whole new set of anxieties ptsd trauma all of that that just made his behaviors mm. like exemplified just, yeah yeah like heightened yeah okay interesting yeah so let me come to my cue cards aka my tiny notebook yeah um so that being said, and also like, you are such a strong female. I feel like I pride myself. You on come that. from a line of strong females, <laughs> yeah, though. Like, so thank God, yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Like, could could you imagine yourself? Like, who I think uh, all have had daddy issues. <laughs> Honestly, so it's don't almost, we all? <laughs> well, it's almost like when your back's put up against the wall. It's like okay, like I need to be this right. strong. You've got two options. Yeah, literally, right. so many of my very strong very independent female friends i think we all have daddy issues yeah i mean i guess everybody does in some sense some kind of issue there's some complex Mm -hmm. but um how do you feel your relationship with your dad now affects let's just go like overall relationships Mm -hmm. like not just like intimate relationships but just like friendships yeah i mean with your mom like i mean with your brother like how does that relationship setting kind of trickle into your behavioral patterns i don't know i think it's very present in my everyday life and i think that i guess has to do with me too i don't think i've reached a point yet where i'm ready to fully let it go and be like you know i'm getting really close to that point but i think i'm now starting to realize and accept that like i do need the additional help i need somebody to really kind of get me there and push me over for me to really separate myself from the situation. Like I still will try to reach out, right? Like if, um, 
we don't see each other on holidays, but I'll still make it a point to text every holiday. And like, I don't receive a response and like, I'll hold on to that. And I think that translates into the relationships I have today. Like, I feel like a lot of my mom gets a lot of that heat, you know mm. what I mean? I, I'm really close with her. So I think all of that angst and anxiety I feel from that relationship with my dad, I sometimes take it out on her and she recognizes that, uh, friendships wise. I mean, I think a lot of it too. I think I'm starting to realize that I'm developing this jealousy that happens. Mm. I think too, now as we get older and I'm starting to look at, you know, homes and moving out. And I hear a lot of my friends saying like, Oh, like, let me call my dad. Like he'll come fix that. And I'm like, Hmm. Like, I can't. Wouldn't that be nice? And, like, it almost feels like I'm putting it back on them, which I'm recognizing, starting to recognize now that I shouldn't do that. Like, when I'm having the conversation, I'm always like, well, I need to plan for, like, hiring a handyman because you have a dad you can call and I don't. And, like, that's not your fault. Right. Like, that... Isn't it so nice for you that you have this amazing dad who will come fix your Right. Like, isn't that great? But, But like... your and your yeah feelings are valid They're as valid. long as you're not projecting them onto your friends which right? i have but like in it's okay to be and mad I, right and now i think i'm getting to a point where i'm realizing that i have done that and yeah. i'm like well now i need to separate and plus it's just not fair right i mean i push a lot of people away because of it i think i'm afraid to commit in so many different areas of my life mm. not even just relationship wise and i think it does have a lot to do with that okay so yeah i mean it's totally valid that you're like mad right like it's okay to be Mad, angry. Sad, yeah, like, well, let's that. talk about the other side of the coin is like, yeah. obviously he's your dad, but like he hasn't, I would hope that he's not just like, mm, get. yeah, which I think he does. I think, I think that's probably one of the hardest things to come to a realization of is that I think for the longest time I felt like I was unlovable. Like something's not right. Oh, dang. I might get upset. No, okay. Um, you're allowed to get upset. Um, <laughs> like, it's... That, like, for the longest time, I was like, well, maybe it's me, right? Like, I'm not... Why am I not capable of somebody yeah. who brought me into this world? Like, why... Like, not to toot my own horn, but, like, I know I'm a good friend. Like, I, I really feel like I'm a good person. I work my ass off. I've always had a job. Like, I've never was one of those people that was, like, asking for things. I right. always... And my love language is gift-giving. Like, I want to be there for people. So, I... You are a good gift-giver. Thank you. So... I think it took a long time for me to realize that it's not that I'm unlovable. It's that he's incapable of it. Yeah. I'm like, he literally decided like, okay, like me and you know, your mom, they're divorced. Mm -hmm. And now, um, I'll let me take that out of my kids almost. Yeah. It was almost as if I think somewhere in his mind, he convinced himself that I was the driver for my mom to leave. Right. Like for their divorce. So I think, in some ways or another, he puts a lot of the blame of the divorce on me. I think when he sees me, he sees my mom and all those feelings come back and I get half that blame, which I had nothing to do with it. If I did, I probably would have encouraged it a lot sooner, but right. I really, truly had nothing to do with it. And also you were a kid, right? <laughs> like you were the child yeah. and you're, you still are the child in the right. situation. Right. So I'm like, you know, I know that you feel like you're somewhere in this thing to blame. And I'm like, but he is also the adult in the situation who yeah. chose to walk away from his kids right. more. So you, than it seems like your brother, Yeah, because, my brother tries, you know, it seems to be more focused on the female. Yeah. And maybe that's just cultural. Right. But like he is in the wrong <laughs> for sure. And I think it took me a really long time to realize that. Yeah. And I think, I don't think I'm still fully there, right? Like I still try to do the constant reach out or, um, like I said, every holiday or, you know, holidays will pass and I always have them on my list to buy a Christmas gift for. And I'm like, 
do I do it? Like, I wouldn't even know what to get him because we truly don't know each other. Like we've, we've tried to do the dinners with like me, him, my brother. And it's just me sitting there feeling uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm finally at a point now. It's like, why do I keep putting myself into this situation? Like, it's not fair for me. Right. And like, I know that you guys went to dinner at this point. How long ago was that? A year? disaster. Maybe two years ago. Have you tried to reach out since since then? then? Yeah, because his mother-in-law passed away maybe oh my god seven months ago and he just sent my brother and i like the link to the obituary like mm-hmm. no context like thank god i knew who the woman was because i'd be like well, who is this you're like which this i really didn't know who she was but anyways i was like okay um it took a long time i'm pretty sure we talked about it too on the phone i'm like do i go do i not go but like in my gut and in my heart i'm like well my gut was telling me don't go right like you don't need to put yourself in this situation He's clearly made it very obvious that he doesn't want a relationship with you. But my heart was like, no, go. He's still your father. And like, I don't want to live with all this regret. And like, that's my mother constantly tells me that. Like, she lives with a bunch of regret from her relationship with her dad. And she's like, I don't want to see you go through that. So I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to go. Michael couldn't come mm-hmm. because he had to work, you know, big OR surgeon. So he's busy at work. How dare you, Michael? <laughs> I go by myself. So now I'm like, I don't, I don't know if I knew you went. Yeah. And it was like a monsoon outside. So now it's just like the sky what is crying it? with me. A monsoon. Is that not the word? Monsoon. <laughs> monsoon. Monsoon. She's saying it with an M on the end. What monsoon. Is it? Oh, whatever. You knew what I meant. She's from New York. It's fine. It's raining a lot. Okay. <laughs> so it's raining a lot and I have to go alone. So I go alone and like that was big. So I'm like, here I am showing you that like i want to be in your life and like again i'm walking into a room of people who have no clue who i am and like you've been married to this woman now for t- nine years like you guys should know you they should know that you have two children and they don't and mm-hmm. i'm still putting myself in these situations and i am finally getting to the point where i'm like it's not it's not fair it's not fair to me it's not fair to the people closest around me and i gotta figure something out what was the interaction like when you went to that the crazy thing is it was great like, because he was putting on an act, right? You're in front of all these people who know, I guess, this newer version of you. And, like, people can change. I believe in that. So maybe you are changing, and that's fine. So in that moment, I truly believed. I was like, wow, this is the relationship I longed for for so long. Like, you, he sat next to me the whole time, wouldn't leave my side, asked me what was going on in my life. Like, again, because he doesn't know where I live, well, doesn't know what I do for work, and it's anything just like, like that. snippets of what could be. Right. And I, and I that, left there with that feeling of, like, grief. I guess so. I left there with that feeling of hope. I'm like, oh my God, like this is, this can happen. But the same thing happened when, like I was looking back through text messages not too long ago just to see, like, I'm like, okay, when did he stop answering, right? Mm -hmm. Like when is it just my bubble? And it's been pretty recent where it's just me, 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 me. There's no response. Um, And it was when COVID was a new, like in 2020 when it first started happening and I got COVID. Yeah. And I was reading our text message exchanges between the two of us and I thought we reached a breaking point at that point because when I got COVID, nobody, everybody was getting really sick, right? Mm-hmm. And nobody knew what was going to happen. So that fear of like one of us wasn't going to be here set in. And like we had, I thought we had a really great breakthrough. I was going to say, I kind of feel like you telling me like, you know, who I've been talking to yeah, a lot. Like we my were dad. talking. He was texting me. I had the messages of saying like, I will always be there for you. I will always be supportive of you. I'm always so proud of you. And I'm like, this is what I'm longing for. Mm-hmm. And I guess once, everybody realized that like we were going to make it through this COVID thing like that went back to the old days and that was it yeah and like I think this like last two minutes is literally how you grieve a person who's alive yeah of like I here's what it could be or like what it was or Mm -hmm. like 
this is what we could have, yeah. but it's absolutely not. Yeah. And it's, so it like puts you through this, like your the longing. Yeah. Right. Yeah. So it's like, there's your longing for someone who's still so much on the physical earth where people who are not here are longing for the people. Well, that's what just that what it is. Had. Like there's so many, I mean, I always knew that I was, I didn't never thought I was, I never looked at it as like I was grieving this relationship until like you started doing all this stuff and mm-hmm. you went through, you know, your experience that I'm like, wait a second. A lot of the stuff that you talk about, I'm like, I'm kind of, I could be triggered by the same like thing. Like I feel right? those feelings. Yeah. Or even like walking down the card aisle never occurred to me until you started to talk about like when oh. you're walking down the Hallmark aisle and I'm like, father's day came and went. Right. And I'm like, I have to avoid this aisle. Right. Like I can't read these father's day cards because like, no, I have somebody that I can physically hand right. it to, but I can't. Right. And like, that's hard. Right. Like I'm I, longing for somebody who's right there, but like, I can't re- like, I and can't. it's like, I can't, and I don't want to, but I feel like I should want to. And yeah. then I feel conflicted that I have this like kind of harm, hurtful thought process, like towards this man. Yeah. But like, it's also because it's been inflicted on you. Like it's complicated. It's complicated. It's very complicated. And it's, I think it's more common than people like yeah. chalk it up to, Yeah, you know? And that's like why I'm making this first season. Like, all things grief because mm-hmm. it's like in the way that you're talking about your dad like someone might talk about a friend that they used to have for a decade yeah and well they say friendship ha- breakups are harder sometimes than real breakups right because agree. your friends know you more than yeah, yeah. i think your parents even know yeah. you most times like mm-hmm. there's just certain stuff you don't share with your parents and you'll right. share everything with a friend yeah so like that's exactly why i was like where does this first season take us and i was like let's make it like everyone relates mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it's just are you looking at it from that perspective yeah of relationships i mean obviously there is loss but it's like divorce friendship yeah parent child like it's so crazy yeah um yeah and it's complicated and all your feelings are very valid Thanks. you know <laughs> and there's still time and that's also yeah. i'm sure for you like brings a little anxiety because it's like yeah. it's it's never over until it's actually over yeah and, and then, there's like, no time what does that look like right so like from now until somebody isn't here, right. there's always room for growth, but yeah. it's like, will we ever get there? Right. And then you're watching like the flame kind of dwindle. Yeah. You're looking at an hourglass. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's a lot. It's a lot. And I feel like I'm the anxious types of person that thinks about how I'm going to feel like years from now. Mm-hmm. So like if something does happen to either one of us, like how am I going to feel? Am I a feel? Am I feeling the appropriate feelings? Right. Like, should I be feeling that way? Like, it's just so much. I feel like to navigate and yeah, I don't know for yeah. sure. Cause then it's like, if you have this time and you're like, <laughs> it's, it's just like growing up, uh, growing your relationship. Like, or are you, okay? are you wrong for saving your peace? Mm-hmm. I guess that's what I'm going for. Like, mm-hmm. you know, you feel like you want to, but then you also feel like you can't, but then I'm sure you're like, but am I doing the right thing? It's like yeah. being that friend that doesn't, you know, reach out that one last time to invite somebody to a party. Yeah. I don't know. It's, yeah. I feel like I keep thinking like how much am I willing to sacrifice? Right. And I'm now at a point where I'm like, I sacrifice enough. I I am finally getting to a point where I feel like I've tried all that I could try. And like, there's nothing else I could do differently. Like I've, I've shown up to all the places I need to show up. I've reached out when I needed to reach out. Like I, I feel like I tried. Like I, I remember the first, what was it? year or two years that he got married like i would show up for christmas gifts and not only just for him like for his wife for his new mother-in-law like people i've never met but i'm like i feel like that's the right thing to do desperately trying right i'm so trying to be a part of your life and to be part of your family and you just shut off to it so 
and I kept trying and trying and I probably still will keep trying for a little bit longer like if I'm being totally honest but I'm getting closer and closer to that point where it's like enough's enough like it's not fair yeah and my brother and I are finally at a point too where we're like it's okay for you to have a relationship mm-hmm. and it's also okay for me not to have one right which is a whole nother thing like you have to kind of work out right 100 percent. yeah because it's like you just both had two totally different experiences yeah and that's okay and that is okay yeah as long as everyone's respectful of everyone's yeah. decision making right and, and there's no is. and no judgment being put on one or the other yeah. for how you navigate it yeah and i think that's probably where a lot of families maybe have gone wrong mm-hmm. where it's like okay so you have the situation with your dad and say your brother can't get it so then he's mad at you right so then you don't talk to him either and yeah. then it's like total like so thank god you and your brother so mm-hmm. the camera turned off you guys it's fine <laughs> it is what it is we kind of forget where we left off yeah so, we can move on yeah uh, let's sum it up with thank god you have a brother with a level head yes who's not great. putting it all on you yeah right we and can, can absolutely see- keep our tight sibling yes. relationships with having two different parent relationships 100 pay mm-hmm. okay so this is our part in our podcast where we take a brain break because oh, nice. this shit's heavy yeah please <laughs> um so i would like to tell the story of how danielle and i just went shopping because mm-hmm. you know she's here for the weekend we're having girls weekend yeah and i like to do this thing where i just don't shop period for like things that i need period, uh, period. um so i've been needing mascara now for maybe i don't know months 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 Shout out to Mac, though, because it, it holds out. You're a true Mac girl. I am a Mac girly. Yeah. If, what are any, the if anyone's going to sponsor this podcast, it should be Mac. <gasps> Did you hear it? You heard it here <laughs> first, folks. Mac Cosmetics will take a sponsorship. Yeah. And then maybe we'll look a little more put together. Yeah. But anyway, so we go to the Sephora and Danielle's like loves TikTok. I'm a TikTok <laughs> you're a tiktok girly yeah mac girly tiktok girly (laughs) and she's been influenced Mm -hmm. i think she should start a podcast or a tiktok called easily influenced yeah it's gotten me for lots of money that's a good handle right yeah i think almost everything that i get ordered to the house i saw on tiktok so she's the girl that i'm like if i'm going makeup shopping i want to know what the kids are wearing which is odd because like no makeup on right now I have she buys it and puts it away tons of me ma- i'm like for the packaging if the packaging is nice and i could display it that's great but like i will never put it on my face she got a lazy susan of products yes yeah. spins yeah. it around half the shit is probably expired but yeah <laughs> it's definitely there expired and barely used yeah it's okay lots of money spent yeah. but she's she's got the goods so you know what you do it makes you happy yeah i wanted to know like what foundation i should wear what concealer like what should i be wearing on this aging face so she's like, this one, the Makeup mm. by Mario Concealer. And I was like, yeah. cool. No, the Makeup by Mario Foundation. Oh, foundation. Yeah. Not the concealer. She yeah. wears Elf. I do wear Elf, but I like NARS. Alex or all wears Elf. Yeah. I didn't, I, Elf came before TikTok. I mean, Elf's been around for years. Because yeah. it's cheap. I but like But like it. my love for Elf was before TikTok. Yeah. It definitely has heightened it. So you're the influencer. I Honestly, I think I put everybody on Elf. You're welcome. Yeah. You're welcome, Alex Earl. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you know what else we're, you're welcoming? Your use of the white eyeliner because I did that shit in oh, sixth grade. No, 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 that's a trend I can't get back on. What? I kind of like it though. She rocks it. Right. Okay. You have to be a certain kind of. I I don't carry myself well enough to pull off the white eyeliner. The Jersey girly. I don't know. I wore it. But anyway, so I splatted it on my hand, ready to put it on. I took too much. So then I used much. my hand, and I just went for it. Like we had a full, full face. face. Yeah, full face of foundation. Full face of foundation, and then. I was like, well, now I look crazy. So she's looking at liquid blushes. And I'm like, okay, well, which one? She goes, a little dab, a little dab. Yeah. Couldn't specify it more. I did a little dab. It's very pigmented, rare 
beauty what is it rare beauty yeah the blush liquid blush, liquid blush. thank you by selena gomez i said it's very pigmented oh that's who it is yeah you need one not even one dot goes a long way i Which, did i did one dot no whole q-tip full <laughs> not one dot i had to get in there no i had to get the the sampler thing in the you tube. looked like uh like you were standing outside freezing for a while <laughs> <laughs> yeah because then i tried to start blending it in and it was not, not blending good, no. i had to go on a hunt for a a yeah. blush or no a little spongy yeah then we got it going but then i was standing there looking like honestly a toy soldier a sl- like <laughs> a boop, a boop. yeah a sleepy one yeah we needed something for under the eyes we'll sleep yes so then we went for the, the concealer concealer yeah. okay we put that on i kept doing that putting it on it was fine it was okay i, don't remember I wasn't really was. impressed rare beauty again it gets a two and a half out of five stars yeah it wasn't I wasn't loving it. I need more coverage. It was it was for a young face. Yeah, yeah. You okay. know, someone who's like, I'm a little sleepy. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, maybe if you use the applicator. We didn't yeah. really do it a yeah, lot. Yeah, we didn't really go for it. Yeah. And then I was like, well, no. then I left you. <laughs> she left. I left you because I was like, I'm not sure what's happening here. I need to move on. I moved on. And I did not. We're on. I'm on the ship. We're on the checkout line and she comes back and she's like, oh, I put mascara on too. like just finish the face. I had to. I was like, then I had a full beat and no eyelashes. And there's didn't even put the mascara on that you bought. No, you tried a different mascara. I went right for what I could get. I went immediately left Bobby Brown. Good brands. We know we love it. And I found the applicator. Put it on. Honestly, the lashes look good. Honestly, you have a full face. Can we get a close up? Adam, bring it in. (laughs) Only bring it in. Bring it in. Ding. You know what to do yeah. with that editing. You're going to nail it. <laughs> and so, yeah, that's how I came to have this beautiful face of makeup mm-hmm. on. And then we left and went to Mac. Yeah. Because I didn't like any of the products. I yeah. like my Mac. That's it. It's period. Yeah, tried and true. And then they weren't going to give me my Mac Pro discount, even though I was very convincing. Honestly, I think the best part of the whole story that you left out was that when we went to Mac, they color matched you twice so actually on your on your face right now is three different color foundations (laughs) yes and that i hope we catch on the close-up because i think that's the really great part of the whole story w15 yeah nw20 makeup by mario it's great that's true i have three different colors three different colors it's really a mess well listen so that's what we did this afternoon we went shopping Mm -hmm. got some sneakers yeah got what else did we get what kind of makeup did you get at Sephora? Things I didn't need. A lip balm that I saw on TikTok. And actually, the other thing I bought was from TikTok, too. That, that Glow Recipe watermelon thing. Don't ask me what it does. No clue. But I bought it. I bought the mini version. I could have been like... I it probably like moisturizes. I mean, it says to put on before you moisturize. I think it plumps you up, but... Plump. 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 plump it uh, up. I like to teach people... I don't know why. And I'm not good at it. Like... Stephanie taught her all how to do her eyebrows, bought her the eyebrow stuff for her birthday. She does them, sends pictures. She looks great. But like, I have no fucking clue how to do eyebrows. Like, who am I to be teaching you? I have half of a white eyebrow. Maybe you're self-taught. Okay, I mean, the, the white so. eyebrow's not your fault. No, it's my dad's. No, I'm kidding. It's not. <laughs> it's genetic, but not on his side, actually. Add it to the list. <laughs> Which is funny. It's not from his side of genetics. But anyways. Yeah. I don't know where vitiligo comes from. My mom's side. Oh. Does she have it? Yes. Oh wait, I remember this mm-hmm. behind her hair or something. Uh, no, my grandmother had it behind her left ear. Oh, your grandma had it. My mom has it underneath her chin. They oh. all had it in places easily hidden. I was just lucky. The lucky winner. Yeah, to get it right on the forehead. Uh, that's yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Just target right on your face. That's it. <laughs> For so many things, honestly, yeah. they're like that one. Yeah. But she looks <laughs> like she needs more baggage, more everything. Let's just give it to her. Oh, it's not funny. 
but it, you know it is what it is yeah okay all right this brain break is turning back into trauma that's great you know it always comes full circle we can't always we can't have it all like yeah. it's gonna go up and it's gonna come yeah, right back down right. which is why we constantly wait for the shoe to drop yeah you know yeah like moving out and then waiting for something bad to happen okay is, am i wrong no you're not you know maybe that, scared. maybe that comes from your trauma I mean, maybe. Sure. I think it does, period. Yeah? <laughs> I'm not a psychologist, but I'm going to go with waiting for the shoe to drop. Yeah. comes from a series of traumatic events. That's very I possible. wait for the shoe to drop, yeah. always. And I also think that's just, like, an anxiety thing. And just, like, the older you get, you realize that, like, it's never always bliss. No. And when you're a kid, not. your parents do a good job of keeping you in la-la land as long as they can. Yeah. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Okay, so to wrap up this lovely segment of the Grieving Girl podcast, yeah. I've had so much fun on this one. <laughs> I hope everything works. I hope so the video fun. looks good. I hope the sound is good. Yeah. The conversation's been great. So no matter what, we'll have something to work with. You know what I mean? Because yeah. we're still fresh on this podcast journey. Um, if you had a word of advice, like you were at dinner and someone was like, this is happening to me. Mm-hmm. This was my relationship with my dad kind of similar to yours or mm-hmm. you met someone who was like i don't talk to my dad like i know he's around but like we do not speak mm-hmm. and they seemed a little more lost maybe than you yeah what's like a word of advice you could give or to anybody like just grieving mm-hmm. a parent relationship yeah um well i don't think it'd be a word like, oh I, yeah i can't sure think of one word. a sentiment if okay you will. okay i'm like that's one word you hit me with the one word um, <laughs> could you imagine trying to put that all into one word yeah no um Yikes. I could do two. Yeah. <laughs> Good luck. Uh, eek. <laughs> eek. Um, no, I think I would say multiple things. I think I would reckon. I think the biggest thing that I have learned and I for sure have learned it from you is that like you have to take a second to recognize other people's feelings, right? Like mm. you, I think for the longest time I immediately would react of like, oh, you, you shouldn't feel that way. And like, here's all the reasons why, instead of just like sitting in and being like, you know what? You're right. This does suck. And like, let's talk about it. So I think that's the first thing I would do. I would say I recognize that this is hard and like other people might not because mm. to other people it might not seem anything like, okay, great. Like, I mean, I read it in your grief book, right? Like it's perfect. When something does happen, I really truly feel like people are going to, I feel like I'm going to go through obviously another type of grieving process. I'm going to have a lot of regrets no matter if I go to therapy and work on this. And if I get to a point where I'm okay with the separated relationship, I'm still going to have a shit ton of regrets. Like that's going to always be there. And I think a lot of people are going to come back at me and say, well, like you didn't have a relationship. So like why you shouldn't feel this way. And here's all the reasons why you shouldn't feel this way. So I think if somebody came to me and said, Hey, I have this estranged relationship. I think I would recognize that like it is valid. It is a true way to feel. And like you need to do what's best for you first. I feel like for so many years I was putting what other people thought mm. first. Like every, I was projecting onto myself that like everybody else thought I should work harder at this relationship or like it was my fault that this relationship wasn't working and I should show up more and I should try more and I should pick up the phone more and now I'm just like no like I I shouldn't have I should have put myself first all those times like if I was feeling down and was feeling anxious and was feeling unloved and not appreciated like no like there was no reason to feel that way and there is no reason to feel that way like you have to do you first you have to put yourself first like no matter what right so that's it. Yeah, that's not a lo- lot longer than a word, but, you know. <laughs> so you would say, girl. Do you. That sucks. Yeah, it sucks. And you got to do you. Yeah. Because, again, it's like it's a parent-child relationship. And, like, it'll never be easy. I don't think they'll ever, no matter how many years of therapy I go to, I don't 
truly, I mean, and everybody's different. Right. I think for myself, there will never be, no matter how much work I do, there will never be a point where I'm like, I'm okay not having that relationship or like, right. it happened. It was there. It was great. But like, it's okay. I will never be okay. I will always long for that relationship. I will always live with that regret, no matter how many years of therapy. Mm -hmm. And I'm saying this because my family is convinced that like, once I do the work, I will be okay. Not having that relationship. And like, I will never be okay. I will always long for it. So I know in my head that, um, when the day comes or if the day ever comes that I get married, like I've already accepted the fact that like my mom will walk me down the aisle or like, yes, I won't have a dance with my dad or whatever. And like, that was also a, a process I had to figure out and get over and like essentially grieve. Cause like whether he is in the room or he's not in the room, like most that's the norm, right? That's what people do. It's traditional. Yeah. So, but like that shit that like my dad's dad, my dad is dead. Right. And that's the same stuff I think about. Right. So there it is. Right. The grieving girl. And that's where the, yeah. The um, period. Right. That's like it. it's just like period. Yeah. It's the same. Like we will be word. feeling the same types of feelings obviously we'll feel differently no, right. because it's different experiences but like we'll be in the same room and like we'll be grieving that person you know what i mean like right. it's- like there's no father-daughter dance right. there's no dad that walking down the aisle like right. those and it's i think honestly what's crazy is i'm like i think it's worse for you because my it's <sighs> finite right like my right. like he's not gonna be there and he cannot be there would he have liked to be there? I assume so. I'm sure. I didn't really know the man. When I think about it, I was a kid. Right. And like, you don't know, you know your parents as your parents, not right, as people. Right. But I'm like, uh, that's finite. Right. And that's where the, there's like a thing. Like for, there's nothing you can do to change that. We're, no. That's the there's hard still, piece. There's still so many question marks right. and windows and doors of like opportunity, possibly missed opportunity for yeah. you. And I think that that has a lot of anxiety that comes with it. Yeah. So it definitely has its downfalls, but it has its, you know, positive outcomes too. I really do think that a strained relationship has definitely made me the person I am today. Sure. And like, I don't think I would be, I wouldn't say confident, but like so independent as I am now without having that. Yeah. And we'll have to have Danielle on for part two. Yeah. Because that makes me go, do you think there's a thing called too independent? For sure. And how does that come from this relationship? Yeah. Wow, that's an interesting one. Right? Yeah, you got to give me a few days to sit so on that. So she'll have to come back um, because, you know, we try to keep it to 30 to 45 minutes yeah. around here. Okay. Um, but, yeah, y'all, that's it. Yeah. You can grieve. Thanks so- for my first therapy session. It's me, Bonnie, your therapist. <laughs> that's terrifying. The first one. Great, thanks. <laughs> Don't charge my copay. 130 in my pocket. $130 an hour for yeah. therapy is bonkers wild especially when they don't check up on you after you uh Ooh. go to greece for a month yikes you have a very traumatized patient she yeah. goes away to greece and says all these things and you don't check up <laughs> seems a little crazy yeah for a therapist no not worth the I mean, therapists are people but y'all follow up emails yeah try it yeah try it <laughs> so anyway well y'all that's it that's yeah. on the grieving girl for this week thanks for having me thanks for coming <laughs> this is fun I love talking about weird shit with my friends. Yeah. You know, it almost felt normal because we all, we all have it. Like, yeah. again, it's, it's such a relatable top. Well, more... I mean, like, we talk about it constantly. Yeah. Just not on camera with the microphone and headphones. No, 100%. But it's again, the whole point of this podcast is because we all are going through it. We'll go through it, have mm-hmm. gone through it. Don't realize we're going through it mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. no one 
fucking talks about it. Yeah, yeah. And maybe we would all feel a little less nuts if we just started to talk about being nuts. Yeah. Friends and family are like a box of chocolates. We all got a little nuts. Is that the joke? I don't think that's the joke. (laughs) But I don't know the joke to correct you, so I'll just let let you go. What's the joke? No, it's... We're all a little... Some have have nuts. Yeah, but the box of chocolates like from Forrest Gump. Like, it's like a box yeah, of you're combining movie quotes with a joke. No, but there is a quote about we all we all have some nuts. Hmm, I don't know it. I'll put it in the caption <laughs> and you can follow up with the joke later. I hope it's something totally different. And okay. on that note, let's cheers each other okay. to our daddy issues. Yeah. Coming from different places. Yeah. Put us on this couch together. <laughs> cheers. <laughs> Till next time. Bye-bye. <laughs> Delilah. Oh! that in Adam. Keep it. <laughs>